Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Hour one. Greetings, conversationalists across America. It is Eric Erickson here from my flagship studio, WSB, in cloudy Atlanta, Georgia. I got to see the Braves and Cubs last night. I actually got invested in rooting for the Braves, even though I'm a longtime Cubs fan. I've become a Braves fan, and it was not looking good for the Braves, and then they pulled it off. Man, the the Cubs outfielders just botched it at the end of the game, and the Braves won. It was a good night. It was a birthday present. Uh, my birthday was back in June, but my wife and kids got me tickets to the Braves Cubs at the TP, and so I went last night. Now, we got to begin with four stories, and I need I need you to trust me, give me the benefit of the doubt, and let me put them all in proper perspective for you. I want to begin with a small piece of audio from Joe Scarborough this morning on Morning Joe on MSNBC. I had somebody very well respected in the media who, you know, likes to think of himself as a truth teller, right? Oh, I'm going to tell the truth against what the mainstream media says. I'm progressive, but I'm a truth teller, right? And so after Donald Trump was contesting the election. He goes, yeah, that's bad. But what about Hunter Biden's laptop? I'm like, what? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. We're in the middle of an American presidential election being stolen. You got that? We got to make it about Trump. And so today they're making it about Donald Trump across the American media. Donald Trump had a, an unfavorable verdict yesterday in New York. The left is giddy. Uh, A judge wants to put uh, Trump's business entities and properties into receivership uh, and uh, divest the Trump family of control of their real estate empire, claiming they engaged in widespread fraud. He, the judge himself, to do this, you have to understand, and what is getting downplayed by much of the press— The judge is ignoring a court of appeals ruling in New York. Now, you need to understand that uh, the Supreme Court of New York is not actually the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court of New York is what, in a lot of states, they call the Superior Court. It's the trial level. The Court of Appeals is, in New York, the Supreme Court level. The Court of Appeals in New York made a ruling that many of the claims by Letitia James, the the attorney general in New York in the civil case against Trump, you should note the prosecutors in New York refused to pursue this as a criminal trial. Even Alvin Bragg, who wants to bring up Trump on on the Stormy Daniels stuff, even Alvin Bragg refused to pursue this as a criminal case. 
So Letitia James, the attorney general, pursued it as a civil case. And the claims is that Donald Trump, for decades, historically overinflated the values of his properties in some cases and undervalued them in other cases and provided willful false statements committing fraud uh, for the purposes of uh, financial transactions, loans, taxes, and things like that. The case has already gone to the Court of Appeals in New York, and they they made a ruling that on its face suggested that many of the claims brought by the New York Attorney General could not be brought because they should have been brought years ago. That uh, there's an equitable there, – there's a thing in equity called latches, and there's a statute of limitations, as you know, in, in – uh, statutory law and the court of appeals said this. This is all. This is actually a latches issue. They should have brought this case years ago if they had suspicions that Trump was overinflating values. Well, the trial court judge essentially ignored the court of appeals and said, "Well, they didn't really mean it in all of these situations. Only in a couple." So he largely ignored the Court of Appeals' decision, has proceeded with this, and granted summary judgment. So this hasn't even gone before jury. The judge made the decision on his own. And this, by the way, is a partisan Democratic judge who has prohibited Trump's lawyers from making reasonable arguments in court. Like, for example, it is absolutely 100 percent true that state tax assessors and banks— use different valuations. So Mar-a-Lago might be valued at $18 million by a tax assessor, but it's going to be valued at $200 million by a bank because banks realize in the fair market, free market uh, contracting, you get more value out of it. There are properties around Mar-a-Lago, quarter-acre properties that are valued at $40 million. The judge valued the 20 acres of Mar-a-Lago at $18 million for tax value. That may or may not be true, and the judge is in New York, and and he's trying to assert uh, his interpretation of tax law in Florida. That's an overreach. There are lots of problems with this case. Now, there are problems for Trump, too. He very clearly was making up values and, in fact, overstated the size of his residential apartment by 200 percent. That's a problem. The problem here, however, is what the the judge claims is that Trump was fraudulently making statements to banks. The problem for the judge and the attorney general of New York is that those are arm's length transactions. If the bank didn't want to accept Trump's valuation, they could have sent in a property assessor and assessed the property themselves, and they chose not to. That's an arm's length transaction. There are really lots of ways for Trump to get out of this on appeal, and the appellate courts in New York have actually treated this judge's decisions in this case badly. So the left gets a win in a trial court, but it's probably going to lose the war. It won the battle, lost the war, given the way the appeals have gone. It's not that big of an issue. Yes, absolutely. The evidence shows Donald Trump lied about his worth, lied about the values of his properties, lied about uh, a host of things, and did so knowingly and cavalierly. But in arm's length transactions with financial entities like banks, they have the right, if not the obligation, to go assess the veracity of the statements themselves. And if they chose not to, that's on them, not on Donald Trump. 
That's the way the system works. And the judge has totally ignored that. But the media is going to give dominant coverage to that because the other stories are too damning to Joe Biden. They must ignore the stories. The first story is the one I talked about yesterday. I spent an entire monologue yesterday. Iranian agents and sympathizers have infiltrated the Biden administration to extraordinary lengths to help shape a deal with Iran to give Iran nuclear capabilities to build a bomb. This was covered by Semaphore, which is an online news outlet run by Ben Smith. He used to be the the uh, news um, columnist at the New York Times. He ran BuzzFeed News, among other things. This has been done in conjunction with a group from Iran that is banned in Iran that now works out of London that covers the Iranian government. They have the receipts. They've got the emails. They've got the classified documents from Iran. They've got it all. And it shows that even the assistant chief of staff to the – or no, I'm sorry, the chief of staff to the assistant secretary of defense for special operations has ties to the Iranian government. This person has classified clearance in our government and has ties to the Iranian government and is still on the job. Not a single media outlet in America in the last 24 hours has covered Semaphore's story. CNN has not touched it. MSNBC has not touched it. To my knowledge, even Fox News has not touched it. ABC, CBS, NBC, PBS, The New York Times, The Washington Post – USA Today, none of them have run the story. They've got the documents. They've got the actual emails. They've got the actual receipts. All of the media outlets giving disproportionate coverage to Donald Trump and a trial judge in New York have ignored the infiltration of the Biden administration by Iranian sympathizers. Also, did you know that the special counsel investigating Joe Biden's handling of classified documents has expanded his investigation? It turns out there may have been a very cavalier attitude within the Obama administration as a whole to classified documents at a time the Iranian agents were infiltrating even the Obama administration. It appears Joe Biden himself had a very cavalier attitude towards the handling of classified documents. So that special counsel has expanded the investigation. Um... Um, um, hmm. How do you want to handle that, Democrats? You want to talk about Trump? Not an expansion of a special prosecutor's investigation? You know if it was a Republican, you'd be covering that. This is the problem with the media. The media is fairly willfully in the tank for the Democrats at this point. I mean, we've known this for a while. It's becoming increasingly obvious, but it's not just that. Now we know from James Comer, it appears Hunter Biden was getting money from the communist Chinese, except the money was being wired to Joe Biden's home in Delaware. Here's uh, James Comer, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. People were saying, well, but this happened before Joe was president, before he became president in January 2020. Why does that matter? It doesn't matter. And it it happened while Joe Biden was a candidate for president. He was already running for president of the United States. And this wire from China, who's our biggest enemy, that's the one thing 
in this in this hall where I where I'm currently being interviewed, there's massive disagreement on funding levels for the government. I don't think that's any secret. One thing that we all agree on is China's a threat to the United States. And here we have more evidence of the Biden family receiving millions and millions of dollars from our adversarial country for who knows what. The Bidens never have said what they did to receive the money. What did Hunter Biden do to receive a quarter of a million dollars from a Chinese national well. affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party? This is a really important point that needs to be made, and I need you all to understand this point. During the Trump administration, the Clinton campaign through the Steele dossier produced story after story that the Trump administration was compromised by the Russians and it did not appear to be true. The dossier was made up, but the media went into overkill, overdrive, overfocused mode about the Russians influencing the Trump administration. We now have the actual documentary evidence from the Iranian government that sympathizers to the Iranian regime have been embedded within the Biden administration to shape policy to benefit the Iranians' quest for a nuclear weapon, and the media is quiet. We now have the documentation that Hunter Biden was receiving money from the communist Chinese, but it was going to Joe Biden's home. The Democrats are out this morning claiming, well, Hunter Biden was living at Joe Biden's house in Delaware when the money showed up. Democrats, you have two options in this story. Because according to Hunter Biden's claims in court, he was living in California in 2019. That's why the special prosecutor has filed his case against Hunter Biden in California, because Hunter Biden claimed in 2019 he was living in California. If that's the case, then why were the communist Chinese wiring $250,000 to Joe Biden's home in Delaware? In the alternative, let's say you're right, Democrats. Hunter Biden was living with Joe Biden at the time. If so, Hunter Biden, crackhead, was getting money from the communist Chinese at Hunter Biden's home while in the garage were a pile of classified documents. Which one do you want to go with, Democrats? Either way, it doesn't really look good for the Bidens. Guys, if you're a small, mid-sized business, you're struggling with HR issues, you have employees not showing up, or you got to do a termination, you need onboarding of employees, maybe there's a sexual harassment complaint, you want an HR manager. You don't want to be the bad guy with your employees. Bambi can play the role of HR for you. $99 a month, available by phone, email, real-time chat. They do onboardings, terminations. They help your team members get to peak performance and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations regardless of which state. They're great. Now, they're U.S.-based. They You got somebody to talk to who's dedicated to your team. They give you access to HR expertise, and they add personal touches. So even though they're outsourced by your company, they really feel like they're a part of your team. That matters. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. When you sign up, it'll help my show. Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com, Eric Erickson in the podcast tab. Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. 
I am afraid I have to talk about a story that I promised you I wasn't going to talk about. I referenced it yesterday, and I really don't want to talk about it, but I have to talk about it, so I'm going to apologize in advance. This is the New York Times story. The New York Times story. Three years after Travis Kelsey was drafted into the National Football League, the tight end courted 50 contestants, one from each state, for a bachelor-esque dating show on E! Entertainment that drew little notice. His profile has risen substantially since Catching Kelsey aired in 2016, He's won two Super Bowls with Kansas City, catching a touchdown in each, and earned eight Pro Bowl selections while dabbling as a media personality, hosting a Saturday Night Live episode, and helming a popular football podcast. But in terms of maximizing his celebrity, nothing compares to Kelsey's brush with the aura of Taylor Swift, a 12-time Grammy winner whose era's tour this year has shattered concert records and even registered actual seismic activity. Kelsey and Swift, both 33, have remained quiet about whether they are friends or a couple or just two celebrities trying to leverage each other's fame. But fans regularly dissect Swift's dating life and failed relationships, which she has written about in her own songs. After weeks of speculation about a connection between Kelsey and Swift, who broke up with actor Joe Alwyn this year, she attended Kelsey's game at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City, Missouri on Sunday, watching from a luxury suite with his mother as the Chiefs trounced the Chicago Bears. Fox cameras panned to Swift's reaction nearly every time Kelsey touched the ball. The singers devoted swarms of fans also tuned in with several posting on social media that they were watching a football game for the first time. Y'all, more text has been devoted in the New York Times to whether or not Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are an item than to the Iranians infiltrating the Biden administration to steer them towards giving Iran a nuclear weapon. We are not a serious people, and we do not have a serious news press in this country. They are obsessed with protecting their precious control on power through pulling the puppet strings of Joe Biden. They'd rather give you Taylor Swift than documentation of Iranian control of our government. Now, there's just no way to transition to Stamps.com, but I got to do it anyway and tell you about Stamps.com because you can save over 80% off rates from the post office and UPS through Stamps.com. It's so great. All you need is a computer and printer with Stamps.com. You go to Stamps.com. You click on the microphone. You put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K. They can be your postal headquarters. They can be your shipping headquarters. You don't have to stand in line. You can arrange pickups. They'll give you a free digital scale. They'll give you postage. There's no long-term commitments. There's no contracts. All you do is go to Stamps.com. You click on the microphone, you put in Eric. I'm a believer because I'm a user. I'm a user not just because I'm being paid for an ad, but I wanted the ad because I've been a longtime user. It's so freaking convenient to use stamps.com. I can print out my labels through them. I can get great discounts with UPS and USPS. I can arrange pickup at my office or home for packages or drop them off with the labels. Everything's already weighed out, ready to go. I don't have to stand in line. You can do it too. Stamps.com, click on the microphone, put in Eric.
Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the United States of America. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. Okay, I got to dive in deeper to this Hunter Biden story. Let's go to uh, Brooke Sigmund, Fox News. Hunter Biden received wires that originated in Beijing for more than $250,000 from Chinese business partners during the summer of 2019. Wires that listed the Delaware home of Joe Biden as the beneficiary address for the funds. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer has been investigating the Biden family business dealings and President Biden's alleged involvement in those ventures. As part of the investigation, Comer subpoenaed financial records related to a specific bank account and received records of two wires originating from Beijing and linked to BHR Partners. BHR Partners is a joint venture between Hunter Biden's Rosemont Seneca and Chinese investment firm Baha'i Capital. BHR Partners is a Beijing-backed private equity firm controlled by Bank of China Limited. Hunter Biden reportedly sat on the board of BHR Partners. The first wire transfer sent to Hunter Biden dated July 26, 2019, was for $10,000 from an individual named Ms. Wang Xin. There is a Ms. Wang Xin listed on the website for BHR Partners. It's unclear if the wire came from her. The second wire transfer sent to Hunter Biden dated August 2, 2019, was for $250,000 from Xi Jinping, also known as Jonathan Lee, the CEO of BHR Partners, and Ms. Tang Ling. The company is trying to identify Ling's role. The beneficiary for the wires is listed as Robert Hunter Bider Biden with the address 1209 Barley Mill Road in Wilmington, Delaware. The address is the main residence for President Biden. Comer and the House Oversight Committee have obtained bank records as part of their investigation, alleging that the Biden family and their business associates received millions of dollars from oligarchs in Russia, Ukraine, Romania, and Kazakhstan during the Obama administration. Fox News has also learned that the committee has records that allegedly reveal that from 2014 to 2019, the Biden family and their associates received $24 million in foreign payments, $15 million to the Bidens, and $9 million to their business associates, $4 million more than previously known. Committee aides told Fox News Digital the beneficiary addresses are either the address listed to the recipient account or listed by the individual sending the wire. We don't know who listed the address. Now, this is all notable because at the time, Hunter Biden was supposedly living on the West Coast. He told prosecutors in his plea deal in Delaware that in the summer of 2019, he was living on the West Coast in California. But the wires went instead to uh, address tied to Joe Biden's home. Now, Here's the thing. The media has expressed absolute lack of curiosity into any of this. It's really at this point documented. It is documented. It's not made up. It's not a fiction. It's not an exaggeration. Hunter Biden's emails, text messages, WhatsApp messages, and others talked about splitting up money up with the big guy. We know the big guy from those same transcripts is Joe Biden. We know that other members of the Biden family got money through Hunter Biden's connections. It seems really implausible 
that when every other member of the family's getting money, that Joe Biden is somehow not? That kind of seems implausible, particularly when so many of the wires are going to banks with the home address tied to Joe Biden, not Hunter Biden. What is more notable is a complete lack of curiosity from the American mainstream media. If Joe Biden were a Republican, I suspect members of the press would be far more curious. They would be far more incredulous as to the excuse making. And they would spend far more time covering the information. But they're not doing that here. They'd rather talk about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. They'd rather talk about Donald Trump. They'd rather talk about anything else other than this. I mean, just just for the record, just, just think about this right now. The media is rarely covering the border. In fact, Pete Buttigieg is doing the rounds this week for the Biden administration. It's actually notable that Kamala Harris is not doing the rounds. It's Buttigieg. Listen to his defense of their border policies where he blames the Republicans. Repeated pattern here, which is creating a problem or contributing to a problem and then trying to score points off of that same problem. We see it at the border. We see it with transportation. Some of these same Republican congressmen who lined up to try to make a partisan issue out of the flight disruptions that were happening last year because of COVID, now they're here threatening to get in the way of air traffic controllers getting paid, getting trained, and even putting out proposals that would stop us or delay us from modernizing computer systems. Some of the same Republican congressmen who lined up trying to score political points off the pain of the people who faced the East Palestine train derailment earlier this year are now pushing for cuts that would reduce railroad safety inspections. Matter of fact, we estimate 11,000 miles of track less getting inspected under some of these cuts that House Republicans are proposing. So at a certain point, they need to make clear whether they're serious or whether this is just politics. You notice how clever it is he mentions East Palestine, Ohio, and refuses to mention Joe Biden never showed up. He promised to go, but he didn't. He promised he would do it, but he didn't. And Pete Buttigieg wants to throw out East Palestine, Ohio, as if somehow um, we can avoid the issue of Joe Biden never showing up there. And by the way, of course, you'll be unsurprised to learn the media never asked about Joe Biden's repeated promises to show up. He claims the Republicans are are causing problems at the border. You know, the GOP is trying to fund the border. The GOP wants more border security. And the Democrats in the Senate are proposing a continuing resolution that doesn't contribute any more money to secure the border situation. If you've listened to my program for a long time, if you've hung out with me, y'all, y'all know I, I, I hate everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to hold my own purported side accountable because I really do believe deep down that if, if I don't hold my side accountable, the voters will. There's this growing conversation on the right, uh, no enemies to the right of me, that they say. It's, it's a line from the French Revolution, no enemies to the left of me, where the French revolutionaries 
increasingly got more and more progressive to the point that they were lopping off the heads of the people who were with them, but not sufficiently with them. And it spiraled out of control. We've seen this with the wokes in this country. You can never be sufficiently woke. And we're beginning to see this in strains of the right that uh, there's, there's no enemy to the right of me. That you can go to the far right extreme, and I'm not going to call out that person. And the problem is ultimately you push yourselves further and further right. And in the process, you start just like the French revolutionaries lopping off the heads. you got to hold your side accountable or your side descends into madness. And we've seen this with the left. They don't hold their side accountable. The media doesn't hold the left accountable. And it pushes the left further and further to the left to the point that they're turning on people who yesterday were progressive and today are considered not progressive enough. you got to hold your side accountable. The media being so much a part of the left, though, they won't hold Joe Biden accountable. They'll obsess about a judge's verdict in New York against Donald Trump as if it's the final say. They'll obsess about Donald Trump. They'll make everything about Donald Trump. They'll ignore Joe Biden. They'll express a lack like Philip Bump of the Washington Post, a lack of curiosity regarding allegations made about Hunter Biden saying he was going to pay his dad. They'll purport no curiosity at all as to why Hunter Biden, if he was living in the Biden residence in Delaware, was there with a bunch of classified documents while communist Chinese were sending him money, wiring it to Joe Biden's address, to the bank for sure, but with Joe Biden's address tied to it. Why was that happening? There'll be no curiosity from the media on this. They'll do their best to ignore it. They'll say there's no there there. They would be exploring it if there was no there there with Trump. Look at the Steele dossier. We know it was made up. The media did everything they could to explore it, to expose it, to document it, to claim that there were clear and and proven ties between Trump and the Russians when there weren't. They lack curiosity when it comes to Joe Biden. But the lesson that I tell you about our side is the lesson for their side too. If you don't hold your side accountable, the voters will hold your side accountable. Democrats, that is a lesson for you. If you don't hold your side accountable, Democrats, the voters will hold you accountable. If you don't clean up your own side, the voters will clean up your side. This is something I I, I try to convey to Republicans in the age of Trump that that, that falls on deaf ears that uh, we're going to spend a lot of energy trying to get elected a man who can only serve four years as opposed to finding someone who could get eight years. And in the process in 2018 and 2020 and 2022, it hasn't gone well for anyone tied to him at the election. The voters are tired of him. The voters continue to clean up the Republican side because the Republicans don't clean up their side. You pour emotional energy into getting Donald Trump elected. You get at best four years and in the process probably lose the House, lose the Senate, lose governor's mansions, lose state legislatures because that's what happened in 2018, 2020, and 2022. And if you say it was stolen in 2020, well, then what's to stop it from being stolen in 2024? Do you want to spend that much energy on something? The voters will clean up your own side if you don't. Those loud Trump voices, Joe Kent and the like, who were able to pick off Republicans who uh, voted to impeach Donald Trump, they didn't get elected. Democrats, the same thing's going to happen to you. 
John Tester of Montana is out there taking money from Bob Menendez, refusing to give it back. Sheldon Whitehouse of Ohio is using Bob Menendez on a letter claiming about the corrupt influence of money on the judiciary. That's really rich. That letter happened yesterday. He allowed Bob Menendez to sign a letter lamenting the corruption of the judiciary by money. That's really rich. The voters will hold the Democrats accountable. It's why so many Democrats want Bob Menendez to go yesterday because he'd be replaced by a Democrat, by a Democratic governor in a Democratic state, so he's expendable. They'd never do it if he were in a swing state where Republican could pick, and the media would give them a pass. The voters will not. The voters will hold you accountable. The voters hold both sides accountable. The voters are disgusted with both sides. Only 4% of Americans think we have a functional government at this moment. The question is, which side will voters hold more responsible? Which side will voters hold more accountable? Which side will voters act with relish to clean up? They're going to clean up both sides. People are stupid. People are stupid. It, it's it's one day I will have my coffee cup that will be available for sale to you. It'll have my show logo and it'll say people are stupid because people are stupid. But do not underestimate the collective wisdom of the American public to do what's in their interest. And it is in their interest at a time the Iranians have infiltrated the Biden administration and Republicans are devoting an enormous amount of energy to get a guy elected to the presidency who could only serve for four years instead of eight. The voters are going to clean up both sides. It's not going to be good for either side. That's just the reality. The voters will be furious with both sides. But Democrats, right now, the voters have way more reason to be furious with you because you're the one who claimed the other side was hijacked by the Russians when it wasn't true. And in reality, with documentation from the Iranian government, your side is overrun with Iranian sympathizers working to give them a nuclear bomb. The voters will hold you accountable. Now, you know, your business is going to hold you accountable if you make bad investments. And one of those bad investments could be one-size-fits-all computer solutions. Vision computers could actually build you a custom solution for your office, for your home. I'm talking those of you who have, like, multiple employees and you run the business and you can't afford to be IT, nor can you afford to hire someone full-time to be IT, you can let vision computers take on the roll. They build your computer's laptop or desktop. They save you some money. They give you something that's not one size fits all, but fits your needs and wants too. And then they service your computers. Your tech support is fantastic. With Vision Computers, you actually have a phone number. You can call them day or night, 24 hours a day. They answer the phone. If they can't get to you at the moment, they will call you back quickly. It's remarkable. They really do that. They call you back. They diagnose your problems. They help you fix it over the phone. They can patch in remotely if they need to. They can help you with printer support, email support, virus support, you name it. They do it all. And if you don't have your computers from Vision and you need their tech support for a low annual fee, they'll even do that. Even if you didn't get your computers from them, Vision will help you and they'll be your tech support. Visioncomputers.com is the website, visioncomputers.com. But if you want to save even more money, what you do is you call 404-COMPUTE anywhere nationwide, 404-COMPUTE, ask about the Eric Erickson special, they will save you some money, 404-COMPUTE. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty, building and loan wherever you are across the United States, they can help your business grow. You're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, go to firstlibertyga.com, get their contact info, firstlibertyga.com, get their contact info, spend 10 minutes with them, see if they're a fit for you, see if you are a fit for them. Uh, see if y'all can do business together. FirstLibertyGA.com.
All right, we got to move on. Um, this okay. I've never heard of this person, Jonathan Van Ness. He was on a podcast with the actor comedian Dax Shepard, and essentially, uh, he it was a defensive of transgender kids. But this the 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 wild. Um, the, the wild claims here, let me just read you this paragraph because uh, Variety embraces his pronouns. He uses they, them pronouns. Van Ness said it felt like they were talking to their dad. They then went on to discuss how transgender athletes do not have uh, the competitive disadvantages that some claim they do. Van Ness said it felt like they were talking to their dad. Now, he's not talking about him and Dak Shepard talking about their father. They're not related. It was him talking about his dad, but because they decided to use they, them pronouns, it provides no clarity whatsoever. It sounds like they must be brothers. It's transgenderism is not just at war with biology, but at war with the English language itself. And then says that as a non-binary person, it's disappointing when people claim to be fighting for women while excluding trans children from playing sports. And then he began to cry. He began to cry. Said he was emotionally exhausted by the issue. And then went on to say the science that we have now says that transgender women do not hold an unfair biological advantage over cis women. Do you know that's not true? Do you know that's not true? I'm not sure we should make a a health sty- a hairstylist with mental health issues a biological expert, but Variety and the mainstream media want to do that. This guy is a hairstylist with mental health issues who uses plural pronouns for his singular self and claims to tell us what the science says when the science says no such thing. We're we're headed into, like, insane territory now. And also, uh, they think that words are violence. You, you, do you understand that uh, the people who say words are violence, that that's Marxist ideology. It is legit Marxist ideology. Marxism believes power is defined by control of words. And therefore, words are power. Therefore, words can harm. That's Marxist ideology. And that's what we're seeing with so much of this movement is it actually is a repackaging of Marxism. And they're going to silence, censor, and punish anyone who disagrees with them as they try to advance their agenda. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 